I think I think AI is a huge opportunity to um, be more efficient at what you're already doing. Like I don't I don't think it's a magic button where you're, you're gonna have like AI you know go sell me ten homes. No, but you can use ChatGPT to analyze deals quicker, write listing presentations quicker, write video scripts, uh, all sorts of stuff, right? Um, so if you learn how to use those tools, it can help you be more efficient at the things that are working right now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, I have the pleasure to re-interview Dan Lesniak, the billion-dollar agent. Him and his wife are doing some unbelievable things in the real estate agent world and investing. They've got a myriad of programs, some books. We're going to put some links to those in the show, but we're going to get right to it today. And Dan and I are going to talk about how the market shifting is impacting different agents and businesses differently. We're going to talk about how to increase profitability in your real estate business, even if your revenue's down. So Dan, thank you so much for coming back on the show. And if you'll take us right into it, um, what is, who, who's winning in this market? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me back on Matt. Super excited to get back in, in, you know, with you and in front of your listeners the last year or so, almost a year, we're coming up on a year to when the market kind of shifted a lot. Right. So I think, uh, just to recap the last couple of years real quick, you know, early 2020 world shuts down. I think there was like a month of panic for a lot of people. And then all of a sudden, like real estate agents just were busier than ever for like a good two years, right? Interest rates were, were pushed down, um, to into the like mid twos. I mean, I, I think I refinanced one property of the VA loan, like two and a quarter, um, during that period. And that all shifted, uh, you know, early 2022, like rates started to come up. Uh, the, the fed finally admitted that inflation was, <laughs> was kind of a real thing. <laughs> Took them a while, but, um, uh, yeah. So, you know, the rates went from like three to into the sixes and even close to seven. And then all of the sudden people, people with a 3% mortgage rate that were, you know, buying a home, they might live in for two years. They're like, yeah, I'm good. I think, I think I found my forever home. <laughs> my, my two year, three year home became my forever home. Right. So, uh, I'll, and then I think there was this whole dynamic of, you know, there's affordability, right. was one issue with, with rates going up, with prices going up with people not selling. So prices really weren't coming down much in most markets. Um, and we have started to see prices come down in the Western markets. Um, uh, certainly not in the East coast though. But um, so you had the affordability issue, but then I think you also had the, the, the scared issue, right? Like buyers were just, I think some buyers that could afford the right home were just scared yeah. because, well, what if, what if rates go from six to seven to eight? Um, you know, they obviously know the higher the rate, the higher their payment. Um, so, so that would, you, you might think like, well, why wouldn't they just buy now? But I think a lot of them thought that if rates kept going up, prices would would come down and they'd be able to get a better deal. So I think people were just a little shell-shocked. And, you know, 2022, you saw transaction volume decline by like a million homes yeah. in the U.S. Like it went from somewhere above 5 million to close to 4 million. Before we go more into this, I wanted to have, why do you think the Western yeah. states were hit more than the Eastern states so far in pricing? 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, I think, um, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know. And, and so my answer might be just anecdotal or opinion, but we have that, that data has come out. Like, and there's definitely places in the Western part of the United States that are down double digit percentages in terms of sales price. And you have not seen that on the East coast or the Eastern half. I think the reason is, I think a lot of people left California <laughs> and were like, they were like, Hey, I can go work in, uh, in Idaho or Austin or, you know, Montana. And it's a lot cheaper there. Was, was and, a lot cheaper and, there um, <laughs> in some of those right, days. Right. Yeah. Right. And they, well, it's still a lot cheaper than California, but, um, and I can work remotely. Yeah. And I think that drove up all the, the values and, and some of them are like, oh, I can work remotely and have three different jobs. <laughs> um, and I think, I think the tech industry has been the area where we've seen the most layoffs. And we've also seen a lot of companies say, you know what, it, this, this whole never coming to work thing isn't working. Uh, we need you to start working like not at home anymore. <laughs> so I think that probably killed some of the demand for these, I think they call them zoom towns out West, like, like, like quarter lane, Idaho, or, um, you know, big sky, Montana, Bozeman area. Like, I think they call them like zoom towns because people just move there from California and work on zoom. And I think some of that dried up and, and the tech industry got hurt. And so I think you know, some of those towns in California prices. Are yeah. Down. Basically people that were living somewhere just for the beauty, but needed the big tech income. Now they don't have it. The job market out there locally is not very good comparatively. And so now they're, they kind of have to move out. Yeah. Or they said, come back and you can't work remote. Yeah. Anymore. It's another flying back to California. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I think that's a really cool take on it. So, so uh, continue with your story. You're talking about millions of new homes hitting the market. Let's carry on from there. Yeah. So, well, 2022, we saw a little, I think around a million homes less sold. So it was like a 25% decline in transaction volume, not pricing though, right? Pricing kind of held steady and, and in our markets, the ones we're in predominantly, we're seeing prices hold steady. We're even seeing bidding wars and multiple offers up just because there's, there's low inventory. Like sellers aren't, you know, there's less move up buyers. Um, Sellers aren't willing to part with their two and a half percent interest rate, or they're like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm going to become an accidental landlord. I was never planning on it. I'm still going to go buy this new house because like we just had our second kid and we need it or, you know, whatever, but I'm going to, I'm just going to rent this place out and hold on to the, the 3% note. Right. So you're seeing accidental forever homes. You're seeing accidental landlords. So now, we have less inventory and oh, by the way, uh, regulations, supply chain issues are causing builders to not build as much. So, you know, we still have a supply side issue, I think. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's just kind of like this, this stalemate and, uh, less, less deals out there. And that's, that's the toughest thing for real estate agents, right? Like the, you know, for an agent, it, it really doesn't matter if prices are up 5%, down 10%, you know what, like it's, it's really the volume that matters the most, I think. And there's just less deals out there. So, um, you know, I think, I think NAR membership, National Association of Realtor membership 
hit a, uh, I don't know if it was an all-time peak, but it was definitely like a 10-year peak um, back in October, I think. And and now since then, I last data I saw, maybe it's even more, but uh, there's 100,000 people that are no longer realtors. Mm. So it definitely has affected some people. Yeah, totally. And so let's talk about who is this? So if we break it into agents, teams, like uh, bigger teams, and then if we break it into like small teams or solo producers that have assistants that we're really going, like how does it affect each of those differently? Yeah, so we've we've got um, a lot of different agents in multiple states that are like either part of our group or that we coach, and um, I'm consistently seeing, um, you know, new agents that got in like at the kind of the, the peak or the frenzy of the market um, that, that, you know, like they were there for 2020 or 2021. Um, some of them are struggling because they like, this isn't the normal that they thought, mm -hmm. you know, when they got in um, and, I, and big teams, I think a lot of them are struggling. Um, and several of the big teams I've talked to across the country um, it's, it's been, tough for them you know they're just getting squeezed on their on their profit margins with less deals but people that are doing really really well are operating these smaller teams that don't have much overhead um, or solo solo agents or solo agents with assistants that are like high producers um, you know if you think about it like those people that are still in production like because if, if you're running a small team you're typically still in production if you're a high producing solo agent, you're obviously still in production. They can really lean in and like, you know, double down and, and go out and do more deals. And, um, and I've seen that in, in many markets and, and those agents are, are doing really, really well. Uh, large teams have had their, their profit, profit margins, uh, hammered and new agents that, you know, aren't, weren't used to this kind of market have been, have had a rude awakening. Uh, a lot of brokerages, big and small as well, have been, uh, you know, hmm. hammered, I, I, I think is a good word to say, on, on profit margins. And Many agents are getting out of the business. The and... Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they're, yeah. agent, you know, you saw agent, agent counted, some of them has, has stalled out or um, not all. There's, there's a few that are doing really well, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh times that i think can can be nerve-wracking scary for some um and you know it, it definitely the market did pick up in q q1 and through the spring but um you know if you're a real estate agent out there listening and you you had a rough go of it the you know last half of last year and, and then spring came and you're doing well, uh, don't, don't think that you're necessarily insulated or that the spring pace will continue through Q3 and Q4. Like typically in every market, there's seasonal cycles every year. And, you know, just because you, it was easier in the spring doesn't mean that Q3, Q4 this year could be just as challenging as it was a year ago. Yeah. So can you tell like who's winning right now? I think the, the agents that, um, and team leaders that are really 
analyzing what's working and what's not. All right. So many agents don't really treat it, whether, whether they have a team or they're just operating on their own, they don't treat it like a business. You know, they, they treat it like they're, you know, just a salesperson or that it's a hobby or a job and you have to really treat it like a business. So what does that mean? Well, you have to measure things, right? You have to measure your, your lead sources, measure where you're spending marketing, measure, you know, your, your overall expenses, cut the things that are not leading towards more revenue, right? If, if things aren't leading toward, if marketing's not leading to revenue, cut it. If it's an operational expense that you can get rid of or, make it cheaper, you know, do it. So I think you need to measure, you need to make some decisions on, on cutting and, and then do more of what is working, right? That's how you get more efficient. So the agents that never gave up on prospecting, by the way, are doing a lot better. Like I think in 2020, 2021, early part of 22, you know, the inbound leads for many people worked great. Um, a lot of people that were great prospectors that would pick up the phone every day for one or two or three hours. Uh, a lot of them stopped doing that. And the people that didn't stop that or got back into that, you know, they're typically seeing really good results. Like they're getting expired listings. They're, they're getting deals from cold calling. They're getting referrals from their database. So the, the you know, and those are, those are leads by the way that, don't really cost you anything. <laughs> Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and got an inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you wanna get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. You know, but some of your time. <laughs> exactly. Well, I that's how I got started was expires. And it's so nice because, I mean, when the market got crazy up until 2021, 2022, there were just no expires anywhere. Um, and so that was yeah. an element of our business that completely shut down uh, just because there wasn't enough, you know, juice on the squeeze. And now it's like, oh, there's there's plenty of them in there now, which is, uh, it's, it's fun to see that. Yeah. Again. And there's less, and there's less, less people that will call. Right. Because everybody's gotten soft. And uh, yeah. yeah, which is really, really nice. Um so, okay. So basically if we're boil it down, tracking numbers in all areas, right? So tracking all the finances, tracking all of the prospecting activities in the way that you're generating your leads and then tracking like just in general. And then it's continuing to do the daily disciplines of lead generation and prospecting. And if you do those two things, you're winning in this market. Uh, and if you're not doing those things, you're not winning. 
Yeah, I think that's a fair, um, a, a pretty, pretty fair, fair assessment, fair, fair uh, summary. <laughs> so, where do you see this thing heading as far as as the market and what how people should be viewing it? Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be um, another, you know, probably another year of it kind of being this this flat you know flat flat on prices maybe maybe slightly less deals in 23 than there were in 22 and then i I think probably in 24 we'll start to see transaction volume um go back up again i don't think it's going to be like a 20 percent jump in transaction volume but but maybe five six seven eight you know somewhere in that range so I do think it will get easier. I, I also think there will be less agents in the business. So I think a year from now, you'll have a situation where there are more deals than there are in the present market, uh, but less real estate agents. So I, I think, you know, if you can, if you can make it through the next year or however long it takes, um, you know, you're going to be in great shape for when volume picks up. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And I think that's really the the crunch point for a lot of agents, right? I mean, prices going down. I mean, we used to sell houses where prices were half and we were making enough money, right? It's really that the volume of transactions has decreased. That's really the problem. Problem. That is the the biggest challenge, I think. Um, and and I think if 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 we see rates, um, if we see rates get below six, I think. I think we could see like eight to 10% uh, pick up in transaction uh, volume, right? There, there seems to be a lot of sensitivity around interest rates and, you know, like a quarter point up, a quarter point down really affects like purchase applications and like number of deals that, that seem to happen that week. So I think, I think somewhere in this low to mid six range, buyers are, really interest rate sensitive. And I think, I think if it breaks below six again, um, you know, we'll, we'll start to see kind of more of a steady pickup than this weekly up and down, uh, volatility that seems to be out there. <laughs> it's so true. It's like literally when the market drops, I get one or two calls from clients like, Hey, uh, my lender just texted me rates are down. Let's go get an offer on a house this week. And then if we don't get one accepted, it's like, okay, hey, let's take a break. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, like, hey, let's go look now. I mean, it's like really the affordability is on the brink edge, it seems like, for a lot of home buyers. Yeah. Yeah. They're like right there. And I think the other the other thing that's interesting is if you, if you look at the spread between the 10-year treasury and where 30-year rates are, it's it's like 3% or, or something. And it's usually less than that. It's usually closer to, to two. Um, now the, a lot of people say like, Oh, the 10 year is, is what the mortgage is track. It's not necessarily the case. There just seems to be a decent amount of correlation there. And, you know, mortgages have, they've got their own secondary market that really affects pricing and rates and all that. But, um, it seems like as the interest rates went up, as the Fed was raising the the prime rate and then bond rates were going up, um, that not only kind of 
raised rates, but it inserted volatility mm-hmm. in there. And the spread, the spread between that 10 year and, and where 30 years trade at got bigger. So I think if, you know, if, if it, you know, if the rates kind of come down a little and stabilize and that, that volatility might go away, um, I definitely think we can, you know, Maybe get back closer get to two, like the mid fives yeah. and yeah. And then, you know, then I think it, I think life could get easier for agents, but you know, don't, don't bet on that. You know, I don't even really track it that often. I might look like once a week or something like that. And, you know, I think the, the key is, um, getting into the habit of, of prospecting daily. I just, I think a lot of people don't, don't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so let's talk about, I mean, you're coaching, you're with eXp, you're, you got a lot of stuff going on in the education side of things. So is there any newer strategy or newer practice that's really winning right now in this market that wouldn't have won in other markets? Or really, is it just fundamentals at a high level? Um, well, I think the old, the old school stuff is working better than, than it ever has been, right? Like, um, especially with expired, which I know you, you mentioned, um, I think, uh, another twist on that, uh, is to generate more video content on social media. People have been saying that for two or three years. I think the people that jumped on that trend earlier are, you know, have been benefiting from it. Um, I do think a lot of the things that you saw a few people doing on social media a couple of years ago, now you see lots of people doing. So I think, I think that space has got more crowded. So you, so you, you have to do more to, to make it work. And, but I think there's a lot of real estate agents that, that like prospecting, uh, they don't treat marketing serious either, right? Like they don't, they don't post daily. They'll, they'll post like once every two weeks or something like that. Right. Like that's just not enough. Like you need to just hammer people with the content that you are trying to push or the, the product or service that you're trying to sell. So I think, I think being consistent on social media, just like being consistent on prospecting is, you know, a great, a great way to start. Another thing that's popped up lately, I've started to dive into a little, I'm probably not taking probably like taking percent of like 5% of it though, would be using AI. Uh, I think, I think AI is a huge opportunity to, um, be more efficient at what you're already doing. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a magic button where you're, you're gonna have like AI, you know, go sell me 10 homes. No, but you can use chat GPT to analyze deals quicker, right? Listing presentations quicker, right? Video scripts, uh, all sorts of stuff. Right. Um, so if you learn how to use those tools, it can help you be more efficient at the things that are working right now. Oh, ChatGPT has been such an amazing tool. Um, I introduced it to my business partner, Tim, and he's ran with it a uh, hundred miles farther than I could have gone. I mean, he spent, I don't know how many hours late at night, just testing the prompts, but like on our, we, we work with clients to help them get their, their like 30,000 plus views in their market. And he wrote a prompt so good that it basically does 98% of all the SEO work to, so that they can rank on every single video. Um, and so it's like, it's nuts. Um, what can happen? Like maybe give us like the top one or two things that, that it's really helped you do. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of still learning it as well. So 
it's it's helped me write some content like again i don't i don't think it replaces you as a content writer but you know you can tell it to you can say like hey chat gpt write a blog with five things that new real estate agents should do when starting out and again it's not it's not autopilot you need to still look at it edit it but it'll it's just going to improve right so like writing writing blogs writing captions um you know, writing video scripts, those, those are two things that, you know, we've, we've used it for, I'm probably gonna talk to my listing manager about using it to write MLS descriptions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just starting to like kind of scratch the surface and it, it seems like the, the space is, the, the, the power that, that it has is rapidly evolving. So I don't, I don't think it's going to replace people. I think it's just going to, it's just going to make good people more efficient. I think I agree. I think it'll make good people more efficient. I think it'll replace mediocre and and below yeah. at, at in certain fields at certain times. So so we've talked about where the market's at. We talked about who's been impacted. We talked about where we think it's going. But what about for you personally? You in your business and life, like how do you think these technology shifts and the market shifts are going to affect you? What are you going to do about about what's happening? Yeah, it's definitely running, running a large team like Carrie and I do it, you know, when all of a sudden deal, deals go down by 20, 25%, like that's a challenge, right? Um, so we've, we've definitely had to make a lot of adjustments as we've talked about today. Um, I think, I think overall it's going to make us better and stronger. Like when we, you know, get through the other, other side of, of this. So, um, you know, we're, we're adding, we're adding more agents to our team. We're adding agents to our, our group at EXP in like 15 different states now. So we're, we're really trying to pour into agents, um, all over and, and, you know, just be in touch with them more, give them more education, give them more tools, you know, give them more ways to succeed. And I think the more, the more real estate agents we can help, that's, it's, you know, not only it's going to help them, it's, it's going to help us in our business and, the different things that we are doing. So uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, you know, it sounds, sounds a little silly, but um, I, I like, I like challenges rather than the markets where anyone can do it. So. Exactly. Yeah. Being able to showcase your skills, staying strong, Absolutely. Dan, thank you so much for coming back on, sharing more insight. I love how numbers driven you are, data driven. It's no doubt or there's no, it's obvious why you've built such a big team with you and Carrie. And so guys, if you're out there listening, write down something you learned. Maybe it's the numbers, maybe it's where it's heading, or maybe it's just what old school method are you going to get back to consistently to drive your business forward? Or if you're a team leader that you can drive your team, your agents too, so they can be successful, write it down, share it with somebody you know, so they can hold you accountable because freedom's acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day, before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 